0: But in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning... Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, And the gathering together of the waters he called seas And God saw that it was good Then God said let the earth bring forth grass The herb that yields seed And the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind Whose seed is in itself on the earth And it was so And the earth brought forth grass The herb that yields seed according to its kind And the tree that yields fruit Whose seed is in itself according to its kind And God saw that it was good So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures And every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth each according to its kind, And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit you'll see, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I've given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Verses 1-31, through all of Genesis chapter 1. Father, we thank you once again for the wonderful gift of your word. And we thank you for the wonderful gift, the unique gift in many ways that the book of Genesis is. And we thank you, Lord, for the unique gift of Genesis chapter 1 in particular. Thank you for the beautiful and the powerful and the glorious story of your creation and how you created the heavens and the earth. Father, thank you for the many, many answers you give us very simply in the very first chapter of your book. Father, help us to grow our understanding of how important it is that we be rooted in your powerful word, that we look to you and your word for wisdom, for guidance, for grace, for direction, for empowerment, for the grace to be what you've called us to be. Thank you for the gift of your word and help us to fall more in love with you and with your word with every passing day. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Rick Roberts, and Rick is going to share a word of prayer with us at this time as well. Father, we pray that you'll help us become smaller and smaller in our eyes and help us to see you as bigger and bigger. Give us a more clear picture of of what a mighty God, what an awesome God you are. Father, we need your help to do that. Father, we want you to be the great attraction in our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. We continue to receive listener stories and testimonies for our upcoming Spring Shareathon that's just a few weeks away. We're gathering those stories now. We hope to hear from you if the Lord's used American Family Radio in your life to encourage you in your daily walk with the Lord, to encourage you and your family in your walk as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'd really like to hear from you. You can simply call this number 1 1- 877 876 8893 again that's 1-877-876-8893 and call and share for a minute and share your list of testimony of how the Lord has reached through American Family Radio to strengthen you, to encourage you in your walk and you just might have the opportunity to hear your testimony during our spring share just a few weeks away, we hope to hear from you. Uh, my email is joseph at AFR.net. Again, that's joseph at AFR.net. If you'd like to receive some of the prayer tools or discipleship tools or pro-life tools that we provide, we're glad to share them with you. Our goal is to want to help uh, both encourage and equip you in your walk with the Lord, you and your family, but also we're encouraging you to forward them, share them with others as well, because that way we can be co-workers in the venue together together. In doing the work of making disciples that the Lord has called us to, we are very blessed and honored to have as our phone guest today, Dr. Joel Brand. He is a Christian. Uh, he's a uh, Christian Jew. He's a a scientist. he's a retired uni- university professor and a great servant of the Lord. Dr. Brand, how are you today?
1: I am wonderful today. Thanks okay. for having me on
0: the air. Well, we we appreciate you being with us, and I'm going to ask as we start if you'll just a little further. Take time to further introduce yourself to our listeners so that they'll better know who you are and what you're called to the Lord to do.
1: Well, I was always called to be a, uh, a scientist, uh, a, uh, and that's what I am. I'm a, uh, a Ph.D., or a researcher. In fact, last month, it, I passed the uh, benchmark of 50 years as a medical research professional to called it mysteries of human disease like cancer and heart disease and so forth, and have been blessed with lots of discoveries. Um, Found uh, the Lord, oh, let's see, in the mid-1980s. I actually uh, decided that I wanted to be a research scientist when I was 10 years old. Got my bachelor's degree 10 years after that, my PhD 10 years after that. Um, And uh, found the Lord about five years after that. And uh, my studies have really taken me on a on a very very eventful and uh, uh, fruitful journey uh, to help uh, to help with the understanding of the human body and how it's made and all of that. It's wonderful that uh, you talk about Genesis, that you, you read all of that. The first uh, couple was I don't know if that's one or two chapters of Genesis, but that's something that I mean, a hundred years ago, everybody knew that in this country, right? Mm -hmm. Not everybody understood it, of course. There's still a lot of mystery there, but, uh, and a lot of depth to it. Mm -hmm. uh, Even I'm just beginning to to plumb, shall we say. But the, basically it was all understood to be true, and it was understood that science was a process by which we could understand God's creation. And instead, what's happened, you know, in the last Hundred years is that uh, the life sciences have gotten turned around to the point where they they don't even believe in life anymore, mm-hmm. let alone believe in God and that God the, the, the obvious truth that God made the universe and everything and everyone in it. Now it's believed it's all kind of accidental atoms and molecules, you know, that uh, fortuitously fortuitously got together and uh, and poof, you know, there's uh, there's life. So it's funny that science itself was really an enlightenment answer to medieval uh, superstition. You know, people were just, uh, they believed in spontaneous generation and magic. You know, that life could just appear by itself and it was all a matter of magic. Well, you know what? Actual professional approved official science. is actually back to believing in spontaneous generation and magic right? How did we come to be? Oh, the atoms and molecules just got organized through a uh, random uh, chance over the eons because there was so much time and so much material and all that could happen. So it just spontaneously generated. And how well when the, the right atoms and molecules get together in the right order and the right measure at the right time and the right place, poof, now we have all the qualities of life and Intelligence and all of that just uh, appearing that way. So we're back to spontaneous generation and magic, and mm-hmm. this is now the basis of what passes for science in large part, uh, especially the life sciences. And so, and for people these days, they say follow the science. Not only is the is there a political distortion of what comes out of the official. Um, organs of science, you know, the medical journals and so on, not only is that uh, very much perverted by politics and corruption, but even the scientists themselves really don't understand what they're doing. And science has become itself devoid of politics. Even science itself is now uh, totally uh, really drunk with technology. Uh, Show me the data. Show me the data. Now we have technology that can Take a drop of blood and show you, you know, a thousand different chemicals in, and how much is in there at any given time. Uh, that's technology. And now what they do is they they have something that they call database science, where they collect all this data, and then they try and figure out what it means. Instead of instead of doing science the way our Lord Jesus told us, to, mm-hmm. right in the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. he he outlined the scientific method. He said, ask and it shall be answered unto you. Well, this is how the scientific method starts. You ask a question, and you get an answer. Mm-hmm. But the answer is a hypothesis. You haven't proved it yet. So the next question is, how do I prove it? And then you, the answer comes as a, an experiment that you can run to prove it, right? See? Mm-hmm. And you shall find. Mm-hmm. And then you have to run the experiment. You have to actually see if this works. In the phenomenal world, in the material world, you run an experiment. So you knock on the door, mm-hmm. and it shall be opened. And then, of course, with the scientific method, you have to repeat it all. For whosoever asks, receives; see, he that speaks fine, and to him that knocks, it shall be open. See, the whole process is stated, and then repeat it. There it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. But that's what the scientific method is about. And these days, it's just what happens after you knock on the door. If mm-hmm. You open the door, and then you see, if you open the door first, and you just see mountains of data, you don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. Science is backwards. Mm-hmm. And so the the literature, the scientific journals are filled with, with volumes and volumes of of speculations based on opening the door first and looking at the data.
0: Dr. Brind, we're going I'm going to jump in here right quick, and we'll pick up right here on the other side of the break. Our phone guest today is Dr. Joel Brind. We'll be right back. of mercy me with all of creation. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Dr. Joel Brandon. this time, Dr. Brandon, I'm going to ask if as we begin this segment, would you take time to pray for listeners to really have ears to hear that which the Lord would have them sh- receive through the broadcast today?
1: Father in heaven, please allow the words to come out through my mouth that can be understood, that can be free of jargon, to avoid any confusion. And the purpose here is to dispel confusion. Please enable these words to dispel any confusion and to help all our listeners connect the dots between your word and the work of science and how it and how it has affected our lives. And
0: continues to affect our lives in Jesus. Name, we pray. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Brand. Doctor Brand, you now you've you've touched on this, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read just a real short excerpt from an article that I wrote entitled Science Clearly Points to God. And you've touched on this and I'm gonna ask you if you'll further elaborate on it, but I'm gonna share this short excerpt and if you'll pick up from there then. Many scientists if asked the question, what are some of your main goals and what is your purpose in studying science? Many of them would respond, we're trying to find out who we are and where we come from. How tragic. If they would just look to the Word of God, it would answer both of those questions. The Word would let scientists know that we're human beings made in the image of God, made to know, worship, and serve Him. In response to the question, where do we come from, the clear, simple answer is, we come from God. Genesis 1 is the first lesson for life in creation 101. Then an additional paragraph. Too often it's been said that science and faith just do not mix. Many will often indicate that science contradicts the Christian faith. Such statements are absolutely false and incorrect. Real science, not perverted science that's more political than scientific, does not contradict the Christian faith. It soundly and emphatically affirms it. And it does not just affirm our faith. Real science points to the points the whole world to our Creator. Now, Doctor Bryn, you've really touched on that probably more than once of what you share. But would you further elaborate on that very important truth that of of just the fact that real science points us to God and affirms the truths of God?
1: Well, that's interesting, <laughs> exactly. A very short story. I'll try to keep it short, but I was giving a talk on my research on abortion and breast cancer, which I can also touch upon. Cause that's, that's quite a miraculous story about how that came about. Mm-hmm. But I was—it uh, was, I think, that, you know, 2004 or '05 and I was in England on a uh, giving giving some talk, and I had a chance to be on the Strand, which is the big—it's the big uh, commercial strip in uh, London, and there are a lot of bookstores and souvenir shops and. You know all kinds of curio shops, you know old London kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was prompted by that still small voice on the inside to walk into a bookshop, mm-hmm. to go in here and and ask about Einstein and religion. I had been I had been prompted in preceding weeks and stuff to just think about Einstein for some reason. I hadn't really studied him much. I had read one simplified version of his theories and. And but I was curious because somehow I knew that he was very spiritual and knew, um, and, and that he was a real scientist. He was the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody knows the name Einstein, and they understand that he was the real deal. But they don't. They don't really know what he said. So I I I walked into this book bookstore, and I said to the clerk, "I said, do you have any books on Einstein and religion?" And he said, "Why yes, yeah, we actually have a book here called Einstein and Religion. And He went and received the book, and I flipped open a bunch of pages. And you know how you can flip open pages in a book, and your, you know, and you, and on some seemingly random page, you would, you know, that would open up. You would find that real nugget. Mm-hmm. And I did at that time, and I found, and I found it, and I copied it. I took it home. I, uh, you know, I I copied the. Uh, well, I took the book. I bought the book. So when I got home, I actually I, I typed it in and I printed it out in a really nice font and put a you know some protective plastic over it and I taped it onto my office door at the university, and it's still there even though I'm retired, I believe. And it said very simply, "This is a direct quote from Albert Einstein, right? Greatest scientist of the 20th century." Uh, quote: Everyone who is seriously engaged in the pursuit of science becomes convinced that the laws of nature manifest a spirit far superior to that of men, and one in the face of which we, with our modest powers, must feel humble," end quote. Mm-hmm. So that, and I just knew that was a nugget. You know, mm-hmm. And then years later, just to show you how, you know, you think, wow, that's miraculous, that's a God thing, and I would like to do that. In studying the Scripture, I was reading Matthew Oh, I don't know twenty something. I don't know exactly where this is, but where Peter comes home to Peter's house, because you know the Jesus and and the uh, and the disciples have just gotten there from a trip, and they you know, Jesus is, is standing there in the house, and and Peter comes in and he says, Oh, they, um you know the guards they want they want I told them yeah we would pay them uh, tribute for you know for arriving into town. Like, so mm-hmm. Jesus put up his hand and stopped and says, Wait a minute. Uh, Who pays tribute, strangers or the children of the city? And he says, "Uh, well, strangers. And Jesus says, but we don't want to offend them. So just cast your line in the water, and the first fish you catch in his mouth, you know, there'll be a coin in there, and you can pay that for tribute. This seems to be such an extraordinary, unlikely event, and what a miracle and everything like that. But what I realized when I studied that several times more recently Mm-hmm. Probably just maybe about a year ago is that that happened to me that is what happened to me in London mm-hmm. there was the fit of book was the fish and in its mouth was that coin that's right right <laughs> that was that was that nugget of truth about science and faith which links the two mm-hmm. so clearly and that so that became you know the 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 masthead the, the the saying that you know you go to you go to professor Brim's office and that's what you see. That's the mm-hmm. first thing you see. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is just another, as you study scripture, things that you thought you understood and maybe forgot some details about it, you just keep studying it. Just mm-hmm. keep studying it. Mm-hmm. and And more and more and more depth of understanding comes out. Now, I, I, I did t- touch upon the abortion breast cancer issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened then was I was prompted to get involved in pro-life work in nineteen fifty one. And I, I was an expert in steroids, steroid hormones, and drugs. Mm-hmm. That's just where I happened to be. But they have something to do with the risk of uh, hormone-related cancers, like breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And I had I had done some work looking at breast cancer oh, since the early '80s, uh, when I, after I first got my PhD, and for some project, and then forgot about that for a while and then but I I was reading the science news which is a uh, it's a, a journal that scientists read um that gives a synopsis of research in all fields of science and it's a weekly that comes around and I remember it was the Halloween issue of 1992 mm-hmm. because it had a very Halloween theme on the cover it was called pregnancy and breast cancer and it showed a picture of a a silhouette of a very pregnant woman against the sunset. That so was all orange and black. Yet, you know, probably mm-hmm. it was a very cutesy. And I read the article and I said, "Wait a minute! Uh, it says that pregnancy protects you from getting breast cancer, but I seem to remember from a paper that I had read years earlier that was actually published in 1970 by the World Health Organization that it has to be a full-term pregnancy, and that aborted pregnancies seem to go the other way and increase your risk of cancer." Mm -hmm. So I went back to the literature, and and lo and behold, there were those papers that convinced me there was enough data in the literature now, enough studies, which had actually shown that there was a connection, and nobody was talking about it, for pretty Mm -hmm. obvious reasons. And so I knew in that moment that that was my calling. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting is that I had actually prayed about it, oh, maybe three months to six months before that I was I was praying about it after getting introduced to some local people in a pro-life movement in New Jersey where I lived at the time. And I asked the Lord, how can I, with my my particular education, my skills, my uh, training as a scientist, how can I actually help in the pro-life cause? And so then this, you know, a few months later, there it was in October, it you know, fell in my left, so I can always have believable deniability. You know, I could always say to the lay world, it just happened. Mm-hmm. But of course, this was a very obvious answered prayer. Mm-hmm. And so that's what got me started on researching it and just sending out press releases about it, because this is a serious uh, issue. And to this day, the uh, government technique spends a lot of uh, energy to cover it up. Mm-hmm. And to convince the world, oh, officially there is no connection between abortion and breast cancer. That's not, mm-hmm. um, but it's not nonsense. It's true. There's there's about uh, in, in this country maybe about a thirty to fifty percent increased risk of breast cancer if a woman has an abortion. And the thing is, it's not just a statistical finding. It's mm-hmm. not because of chance. Things don't really happen because of chance. There are reasons. That's right. There, there are reasons. There are hormonal reasons because of what happens during pregnancy, to the breast, mm-hmm. and uh, and and how when that's interrupted, you end up with a higher risk of getting breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're more likely to get it. You know, I mean, it's, it's not a matter. It's not rolling the dice. There are everything that happens under heaven. You know, has causes acting under God's law. That's right. That's how that's everything right. happens. And, and that, if if you if you believe in science, you you have to believe that to start with it, or you're
0: not really a scientist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to draw out just the truth that in time and time again, we find out from, you know, from a, a biblical truth that we hear time and time again in the Word of God is that sin ultimately leads to death, and that's just a reality of, of life, you know, so... God's right. Word bears itself out to be true again just throughout life. So, well, now, something you touched on, Dr. Brandon, I'm going to ask if you, uh, you'll you uh, pray for people in this regard. You know, just like you asked the Lord about how He could use you in your, in your gifts and your unique calling and talents. And, you know, every believer would be wise to pray that same way because God does have an— important calling and callings on the lives of each person, even though sometimes people may be in a field or an area of gifting where they're not quite sure how God wants to use them. God wants to use every believer. He wants to use every one of us. Would you pray for believers to grow in their understanding of the need to seek Him, to ask Him that He would show them how He wants to use their lives and their in their calling?
1: Yeah. Lord, help me, and all those listening to understand that when we ask the question, why, why does this happen or that happen, that we are looking for that first cause of that thing. Yes, Lord. Uh, And then to understand that you are the first cause of everything. Thank you. So, would you help us to remember always to keep asking why. Keep asking the question. This is this is the heart of the scientific method, but not only the scientific method, but the, the universal method Thank you. to really find out the truth about everything and help us to understand that not everything is revealed in one moment to everyone or to anyone. Yes. That the more we pray, the more we study, The more we meditate on the words of God, the more is, the more the door is opened to see the connection. That things are discovered because they are not complicated, but they are, they are simple, but they need to be uncovered and then they are revealed to us. So help us to understand the process of revelation. That revelation follows the devotion and the study of your word. Help me also to remember this, as I am as prone to forget as anybody else. But the more we are reminded, uh, the more the more we learn, and the more we come closer to you. In Jesus'
0: name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Brand. Oh, Doctor Brand, we're coming up on a break in just a few moments again. But on the other side, I want to ask if you'll share more about how you would say that your study of God's Word has been a very important part of your life as a scientist and in the work that you've done too. I know, like when we've had when you and I had an opportunity to talk a few weeks ago, you you shared some interesting insight, including what you alluded to about the scientific method being found in Matthew chapter 7 about ask, seek, and knock. So we'll pick up there on the other side. Our phone guest today is Dr. Joel Brind. We'll be right back. Music of Amanda Lindsay Cook, the song simply entitled Still. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Dr. Joel Brend. He's a Christian and he is a scientist, he's a retired university professor, amongst other things. and Dr. Brandy, I want to ask if you'll take some time to share a little bit about an important discovery. Well, of course, it may be one of many discoveries that you uh, ended up, I guess, sort of forming a company around, but something that can bless a lot of people in their physical health. Would you share about that?
1: Yes, I would say uh, this discovery has more practical import for more people than anything else, and again. The process of discovery, applying the scientific method, and just following that trail of breadcrumbs very simply gets you to the very simple answer. Uh, we tend to think of science as being very complicated. Unfortunately, most scientists think that science is very complicated. And you know, we had a we had a a, a saying in high school about you know a higher education, and we said that. The the uh, more you go on in higher education, you learn more and more about less and less until you know everything about nothing. <laughs> which, is unfortunately, where most scientists are these days. But the answers are very simple. Mm-hmm. So, and again, it's, it's connecting and praying and and just uh, reading and speaking the, the the gospels, which will end up leading us back to the first cause of things. Well, when it comes to things like cancer, diabetes, heart disease. Um, science has finally managed to come around to the idea that, that it seems to be inflammation. Uh, you know, in, inflammation, pain, redness, heat, uh, swelling, immobility, You know, what happens when you sprain your ankle or anything like that. That inflammation in one part of the body or every part of the body or any part of the body is the primary cause, really, of cancer, of heart disease, of diabetes. Mm-hmm. But Again, they're looking at the data and they're speculating as to why that is. Why do we have? Why do so many people suffer from chronic inflammation? What is it? What is it? What is it? Why? And uh, it turns out to be, and my study revealed to me, it's a simple deficiency in an amino acid. It's like discovering a vitamin. Mm-hmm. And that amino acid is. The amino acids, by the way, are these simple chemicals which are the building blocks of protein. They're like. Different, there's like 20 different Lego blocks that your body makes proteins out of of all Mm kinds. And so the simplest of these is one called glycine. And it turns out that glycine, although it has always been thought of as non essential, is in fact essential for a critical function of the immune system, namely regulating inflammation. Mm -hmm. And that if we're deficient in glycine, we get inflammation that's excessive, that's inappropriate. And it will end up killing us one way or another. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the best way to explain inflammation um, is to say that the cells of the immune system—you know, the body is, is comprised of, you know, a hundred trillion cells. Mm-hmm. These are the little functional units, and the cells are different kinds. Well, there's, there are certain kinds of cells in the immune system which function as first responders, like the police. So. Picture this, if you have, let's say there's an accident on the internet, who shows up, the state troopers show up, and they will redirect traffic, they'll take the accident reports, they'll call the ambulances, they'll call the tow trucks, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll get everything moving again, and when it's finally done and all cleaned up, they get back in their in their cars and they go back to their base. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, they're armed, but they never use their weapons for an accident, right? There are no bad actors, around. Right? Um, this is the same thing with all of these immune cells. They're called macrophages. It's a type kind of immune cell, and they exist. There are resident populations of these first responder cells in every organ of the body and the blood. And so whenever there is injury, whenever there is any kind of cell death, which is normal in many processes, there are many natural processes which involve some death and destruction. And like, for example, in the, in the menstrual cycle, Every, every month, the breasts grow a little, and then they regress. Well, when they regress, all those cells die. And when they die, these macrophages, they come around to clean up the mess. Mm-hmm. Well, but they don't draw their weapons. But imagine if, because they're not properly regulated, because they don't have trigger locks on their guns, if every time they're mobilized to clean up some damage and start the healing process, instead they actually start inflammation. They start shooting up the place. Mm-hmm. Imagine if every time there was an accident, on the on the interstate the, the state troopers would come around and just start shooting. Well <laughs> this is what's happening inside almost everybody's body every day. Mm-hmm. That's why we, we are so prone to things like cancer, diabetes and heart disease. So I formulated a product which is basically a supplement of glycine. I just I gave it the name that what glycine actually means, it means sweet amine. So it's called sweet amine. Mm-hmm. Sweet A M I N E and dot com is the website if people wanna find out about it and, and mm-hmm. look at my research and the theory of it.
0: Say the, just share the website again, please. Share the website it's again. Sweet,
1: sweet, I mean, S-W-E-E-T-A-M-I-N-E dot mm-hmm. com. And uh, we, just, we just refurbished the website. We just up, updated it and upgraded it and all that. So uh, it navigates very well and so on. I mean, it's, it's been around now for 10 years. Mm-hmm. But uh, it takes a while to get things going and that's I set this discovery up. I formulated a product and set it up as a business because if I just wanted to look at it as a scientist and publish papers about it and fight with academics about it, and maybe in 10 or 20 years somebody might recognize it, mm-hmm. nobody, the general public would not have a chance to, to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So this gives people a, a chance to take advantage of it. And, of course, the more they do, and it's because it's commercial, the more money that's made, the more that can be put in than any of these other products that are out there Mm -hmm. to to try and curb inflammation and pain. And this does it because it actually uses the substance that your body uses. Mm -hmm. But we don't have enough of it. Well, why don't we have enough of it? That's interesting in the diet. Why should it be that nowadays we're more prone than ever to all all these horrible consequences of inflammation? Well, unlike our forebears, when we cut the muscle meat off the bone of the fish and poultry we eat, Glycine supplement like sweet I mean, or you can drink about a quart a day of bone broth and you would have pretty much the same effect because that glycine, that amino acid is in the bones and not the muscle. Hmm. Well, it was called non-essential for so many years, but you know, it's the word that's toxic. Uh, you know, the word non-essential is poison. You know, you see if something's non-essential, who's going to spend money researching it or, you know, trying to get more of it? That's non-essential. Now we've all found out what the word non-essential does, right? Yeah, with, with the COVID epidemic, mm-hmm. pandemic, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you call somebody non-essential. Oh, I'm sorry. What well, you the honorable work that you're doing to feed your family is non-essential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're out of business, right? <laughs> that's right. I mean, this is this is some of the madness that's you know that's taken over society. So, so just the ordinary, you know, the ordinary. Uh, uh, enjoyable events that happen, you know, just getting a haircut, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> going to the gym, oh, you can't do
0: that, that's non-essential. Mm. Well, you um, know, Dr. Bren, too, and I think it's such a, a powerful truth uh, as you share about how your study of God's Word has helped you so tremendously as a scientist, and I think that's both simple and powerful all at the same time for all well, of us. God, God, God's mm-hmm.
1: Word has everything in it. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm. You just have to see it, mm-hmm. and you just have to study it, so that eventually, you know, you you study it without so much of a of a motive. You know, I'm going to find out this, and I'm going to find out that. No, you just just read the scripture, mm-hmm. just read the scripture, let it and and speak it. This is important too, that a lot of people miss is that if you just read it it's not the same i mean it says right at the end of the sermon on the mount and when he had finished these sayings of his the people were astonished mm-hmm. for he for he taught them as one having authority not like the scribes mm-hmm. I mean, and this is this is the whole secret because when you speak you you accentuate different kinds of words the you know the meaning becomes clear mm-hmm. and it, you know, i mean it's the emotion you know the when you read I actually I actually took it as a little bit of a project back in the early 2000s when, when uh, George W. Bush was president because he was such a horrible speaker. And I wondered, why is he such a horrible speaker? That was the question I asked. So I listened and I studied his word and I realized why, that he never gave a speech he would read. More. He mm-hmm. would read it out loud and that's not speaking. Mm-hmm. Reading out loud is reading out loud, but mm-hmm. speaking, like, I mean, like the way you you beautifully spoke Genesis 1 the beginning of this of this uh, segment was it was so different than people who were just sort of just reading it mm-hmm. uh, and, and so it really comes alive and then when it comes alive of course, there's so much greater understanding but mm-hmm. if you ask a question when he says, be there. Just rest on it and study mm-hmm. the scriptures. And it, will, mm-hmm. it will come out in a way that you didn't expect most likely.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right, that's but right. But
1: all of a sudden, oh, that's what it is, that's <laughs> what that, that's what, you know.
0: Like mm-hmm. that. God's Word, the ultimate source of all wisdom and understanding. All wisdom. Praise God, all praise God. Well, Dr. Brand, our time is just about gone here. Would you share once again if someone wants to again, would you share that website that you shared a few moments again one more time?
1: Oh yeah, oh that's uh, sweetamine.com s w e e t a m i n e sweetamine.com oh. and uh you can you can just reach me by the, the contact um email on the website. I read all that stuff and answer
0: it. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Brand, for being with us today and At the end of the broadcast, as we typically do, we want to invite, if there's a listener that has never made that all-important decision of asking Jesus Christ to come into their heart as Lord and Savior, we'd like to give you that opportunity. In all of life, there's no more important decision than the decision to commit your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ and to commit to living for Him. If you'd like to make that step and be saved today, would you simply pray this prayer along with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so very much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, by faith I repent and turn from that wrong. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrongs I've done. Lord Jesus, come anew into my heart. Become the Lord and Savior of my life. Help me to follow you all of my life. You said in your word, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you pray that prayer, we invite you to email us. My email, simply email me at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and some resources that will help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord. Or if you like some of the discipleship resources and prayer resources, we provide same email, joseph at afr.net. I think... Um, it'll help you greatly in your walk with the Lord. And, of course, you. we encourage you to use them and share them with others as well. Uh, Dr. Brand, again, thank you so much for being with us. Would you share that website one more time before we end our time today?
1: It is uh, swedamine,
0: oh. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Brand, for being with us today. Okay. Thank you very much for having me. All right. And we invite you to pray for Dr. Brand as he continues to be a faithful ambassador for the kingdom of God in the area where God has called him as well. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.